Has anyone ever inspired you to change your life that made you more fulfilled? Well, as a leader in your business and in your community, what are those questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis? It's these questions that we explore on Inspiring Women. I am your host, Betty Collins, and I'm a certified public accountant, a business owner, and a community leader who partners with others who want to achieve remarkable results for themselves and their organizations. I am here to help inspire you to a positive step forward for a better life. Well, this podcast is going to be about something that I love, which is the the importance of the marketplace in our country and the small businesses. When those employers, you know, can have employees, that means there's households taken care of and those households um, have provision. And then that, you know, forms our communities. So small business is so important that it works and that it works well. And there's more than just provision as well, right? There's, it's, it's finding what you do, finding your purpose, finding, living out that why. And I can't think of a better person than Randy Gerber with, um, his company Gerber Clarity. I mean, he is an optimistic person and loves the marketplace. And the last time we were together, he was so optimistic about 2022 and what we're going to go into. And I think we need to hear more optimism out there. So I wanted to really have a, a time with him where we could talk about, hey, let's be optimistic. Let's look at what the opportunities are out there for small business owners, because that's who he works with. And he really is about um, living out his why. And he's really about leading with great passion. And he works hand in hands with those clients and understands not just their business, but what do they want out of life? And he puts a holistic approach to things. So Randy, welcome to my podcast. I'm so glad that you're here today. And I'd love for you just to talk that 30 seconds to a minute about about your company and the Gerber team. Sure. Well, first of all, Betty, thank you for having me. I'm flattered by the introduction and I'm super happy to be here. And yes, uh, I am very optimistic about 2022. Um, Our team, uh, we work exclusively with, uh, I really do probably need to say primarily, used to say exclusively, we have a few exceptions now, but uh, with first-generation entrepreneurs. And part of the reason why is, uh, you know, first-generation entrepreneurs, in my experience, which, you know, spans 30 years now, are optimistic, cup-half-full people to begin with. Um, And we really help them understand how to grow their business with purpose. And obviously, that word purpose can be uh, defined several ways. And we we do define it several ways deliberately. So uh, it's fun. It's exciting. It's it's the baseline of, uh, of America, as you said. And uh, these are people that are moving the needle for us every single day. Yeah, and 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 what I don't think people, you know, they underestimate that small business owner and what it means. And people think that business is all like Apple or big, and that's really a small segment in our marketplace. And so those right. that first generation that goes and takes the risk, yay to them, right? <laughs> it's always absolutely good. and and. You know, we're living in a period of time right now um, of of great opportunity. I mean, you know, this is really truly the fourth uh, industrial revolution we're living in right now, with the, the amount of innovation and change that's happening. And and you know, I think um, a year ago people kept saying, you still hear it, but people kept saying when COVID hit or COVID induced this, and 
I've really been thinking about this a lot lately. Uh, that I don't. I think COVID just just it, it actually exposed the, the, the fundamental issues that uh, have been out there in our economy and our society have been lingering for a while. We just we needed a catalyst. So so COVID was the catalyst, and so I think that that you know the the amount of and people are willing. We were change was induced upon us, was forced upon us because of COVID, and and we all got comfortable to some degree uh, with change. And so you're you're seeing people make tons of changes. And one of those dynamics is investment and in innovation, uh, which is that it's staggering what's happening right now, uh, and exciting. Um, and I and I think it's going to be it's going to be very um, you know great for our country and our society and. Um, in fact, I think that a lot of the social issues that we have will, will get solved via innovation and change uh, as well versus uh, government and politics. Um, and it's going to take a little time, but there's just so much happening right now. It's, just, it's impressive. Right. And you don't want to miss the opportunity. You don't want to miss what you can seize right now. And, right. you know, a, people ask me all the time, what's a great client for you? One who's engaged. And if there isn't it, the engagement is so <laughs> prevalent everywhere right now. People are engaged on what's going on and what should they be doing. And that makes your and my job as professionals so much easier when you have that. But we don't want them right. to miss opportunity. But you've done some amazing things. And one of them is you wrote a book. Um, can you give us some insight on why you wrote the book? And let's do a plug for this. It's The Integrated Entrepreneur, Achieving Happiness in Relationships, Business, and Life. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I wish I had a really exciting story <laughs> to why I wrote the book. Um, I, I, I should I should fabricate one, but the uh, the truth of the matter is that when I made the you know when I started my business back in 1991, I was doing general financial planning for anybody. Um, and the distinction I'm not from Columbus, um, so I had to really uh, work hard just to make introductions with people and cold call, etc. And so anybody was a client. And then, you know, in 2000, 2001, 2002, really had for a whole bunch of reasons that, uh, from having our first child to 9-11 to the market crash that really examined who I wanted to work with as clients. And um, I realized I had a real affinity of working with entrepreneurs. And then after a few months of consideration, it was huh, not just entrepreneurs, people who start the businesses. And, and so, you know, the recognition was that if I'm going to uh, really work with these first-generation entrepreneurs, I have to help them with things uh, other than traditional financial planning because they have unique needs and unique perspectives. And so, and this is, you know, like people kind of forget this, but, you know, back in 01, 02, 03, Google wasn't quite so prevalent back then. And, 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 the, and the, the amount of content and research available on first if you if you were spending the time to research first generation entrepreneurs there just wasn't much content out there and so um I, you know i became committed in my head to that marketplace and said well look if i'm going to understand these people i'm going to help them grow their biggest asset i really need to understand them so uh we ended up i, I decided and I, you know naively i suppose uh to the best vehicle to do the research and organize it is a book um, and so, you know, started to outline the chapters of what I wanted to talk about. And it is primarily relationships with, you know, your parents, your siblings, your children, um, uh, your friends, your employees, et cetera. 
And, um, and we hired a, a woman out of Houston to do all the research. She, she actually was a, uh, a child therapist, uh, uh, research expert. And so we felt like she had the background to do the research. And so she did, and we, you know, interviewed a ton of our clients and, uh, she interviewed a ton of people. And, and so we started, uh, and we started paying attention, you know, asking once we had a series of questions that we wanted answered, we started paying attention more and more out in society. And so the, I mean, the good news, bad news, I don't know which one it is still, but we started the book in 05 and I finished it last year <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> so, um, and, 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 and with the exception of about a three or four year period in there, I, I did work on it all the time. Uh, from the, what I mean by that is I was evolving my thoughts and, and, and being more refined in what we were writing. So I do feel that it's, it's a, you know, reasonably long period of time of thought. Um, so it wasn't like we wrote the book in six months and published it at all. It was you know, and, and it's, you know, we went back and and some of the things I wrote in oh six, oh seven, oh eight, we modified. And, and, and I'm using that word deliberately modified because it wasn't abandon and change, but rather modify uh, and refine some of our thinking. And so, as I reread it after it was in print form in an actual book, I feel really good that what was written is how we feel today, and there's really no no changes to it. But it was an accident. It's a long story. Well, no, it's, I mean, to write a book, I look at anyone that does that with a lot of admiration. I know what it's like to try to write a podcast and I, and I, you know, go, <laughs> I whine and cry, and cry over that, you know, let alone writing a book and, and going through that process and getting your thoughts down. So, and then, and then someone edit and change it and it's, it's a process, but I, um, it's a great, a great something for someone to read the integrated entrepreneur achieving happiness in relationships, business, and life. You should check that out by Randy Gerber. So Thank let's you. let's talk a little bit about um, you know businesses in general. But what's the biggest misconception that business owners have about growing their business? In my experience, uh, it's they think they need to grow too quickly, um, and particularly um, if the questions rephrase as "What are the biggest misconceptions for small businesses or emerging businesses?" Um, I, I am just convinced that um, uh, businesses grow too quickly. And, and the uh, I was asked recently by a CPA firm, uh, which I thought was a really an interesting question. He said, yeah, what percentage of your clients are lucky and what percentage of your clients are strategic? And I thought about it for a second. And I thought, you know what? That's the wrong question. Um the question is, what percentage of my clients are permanent grinders? What percentage of my clients are lucky? And what percentage are strategic? And I think the answer to that is that in the beginning, uh, everybody's a grinder because you have to be. And in that, in that grinding process, uh, I think entrepreneurs, the, the, the misconception is they have to grow very quickly. They have to chase revenue. And I think, and then there's, you know, those certain, certain entrepreneurs that get lucky for sure, that the right place, right time for, a whole variety of reasons, and their business propels because they're lucky. But the ones who really, really figure it out are the ones that begin, they, they can transition to strategic thinking. And, and so they really begin to understand that, hey, we, we, we need to grow properly. We need to grow the right rate. We need to grow profitably as quickly as possible. Um, and so to, to me, that's the biggest misconception. And I think there's you know, when, when people are starting businesses or early in stages in business, they, they actually – they seek counsel 
from lots of folks, but in my experience, not the right people. They're not talking to folks who literally had done it themselves, mm-hmm. whether they were successful or not. Um, they, they talked to business community, business leaders, but it, it is such a unique, uh, a unique journey to be to start a business from scratch and then you know get it to a point where it's it's sustainable. That there's very few people have done it and. Um, you really need, when you're in that stage, you need to identify those folks and try to get, and, and in my experience, most first generation entrepreneurs are very happy to help others who are in that same, you know, on that same journey. Absolutely. I, I find that all the time. And you, and really you should be connecting those people together with your client because it can right. be so beneficial, so beneficial. But one of the things when we talk about the misconceptions and growing your business, I like that you use the word purpose a lot. So you know how should how should business owners grow with purpose? Yeah, I mean, in my and I'm going to answer this question very literally. And and of course, I need to disclose I'm a you know I'm completely biased in my answer, and and so and it is rooted in my experience. So um, it may not be for everybody. Is my point, but I, I really you know in our experience, what we figured out is if you can sit down and really understand how you want to live your life. You know, what, 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 what do you want to do? How do you want to do it? Where do you want to do it? Who do you want to do it with? Um, and you can be vulnerable and honest with yourself. You get, you know, you, we can then, you know, we know what that's going to cost you. We know it's going to cost you whatever, $10,000 a month or $20,000 a month and $20, $22. And once you understand what the economic needs are, of the way you want to live your life. And, and this, these are all very much, this is an important distinction, want-based questions versus need-based questions. I think all of us are, are able to, or most of us are able to make adjustments in our lives if we need to. Um, but, but, you know, again, first-generation entrepreneurs being optimistic and, and cup half full, you know, the question is really rooted in how, how do you want to live your life? When you understand that, we can, we can identify what that cost looks like um, and then we can say, okay, this is what you want. Then you need your business to look like this, whatever, whatever that is, $20 million of sales, uh, 12% net income, da, 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 da. We can, you know, craft what that looks like. And so now you have a clear map of, okay, I need to get from point A to point B. And then the purpose part of it gets into, cause I, you know, if, if you're, um, I mean, if you're single, no kids, that's a little different in, in our experience that people like that are generally wrapped up in the business. That's it. We have a few of those clients and that's good. And they, you know, eventually most folks end up wanting to, uh, have a partner, uh, get married, have children. And so the purpose question gets much more, much more relevant because now you, you know, people want to have, and most people I think want to have a happy marriage and they want to, they want to be in a, a parent relationship with their children that they enjoy and they want their kids to respect and enjoy them. So when you start thinking about that, you know, the time becomes part of the equation. So, so, you know, what's your relationship with the business at that stage? And that's really where we can help our clients understand what needs to happen economically, you know, from a, from a pure math perspective. And then also how do you evolve your relationship with the business to be happy and peaceful and be present and positive for your spouse and your children and your friends and your parents, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and again, based on how you want to live your life in, in my opinion, my experience, I think if you're willing just to work your rear end off and just really grind it out, 
uh, you can be financially successful. You might be miserable, like miserable, miserable, but you'll, you'll, you'll achieve financial success. And I think uh, most successful, we define in our client-based successful entrepreneurs as people that first and foremost are happy at peace. Secondly, they're leaders in their, their existing market space. And third, they're financially successful. Um, and so, you know, I do feel that uh, entrepreneurs that are enlightened that way, it really, the purpose question becomes very relevant. Right. It, de- it definitely does. I mean, I, I'm a person who loves to um, go to Naples, Florida, and I love to live um, someone else's life for that seven to eight days, right? <laughs> but I certainly would never want to work that hard to have to live that life. And so I think it's really important that you understand it, even though they're all driving boats to dinner because they go from <laughs> their yacht club over right. to here. But but you have to really know what that would mean to have that life. And, 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 right. and the purpose thing is so behind it. So that's really, really good. Right. Just a second. We just had a phone go off, so we're okay. So, so let me take us a, a little bit further because this is about inspiring women, um, and women business owners are the ones who are starting more new businesses than anyone and pushing forward. Um, but in terms of innovation, because y- you are you are so correct. Right now is a time for a lot of innovation, and people are really pursuing it. What are the what are the top three things that women should be considering or putting in place with their business today? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know, so I think you know, from my vantage point, I think um, women entrepreneurs have always been empathetic to the needs, the unique needs of women. Um, I think it became much more pronounced during COVID. I mean, I mean, the last I looked, which has probably been a few months, that 6 million women left the workforce uh, through COVID, primarily due to childcare issues. And, you know, uh, now what we don't know is how many left permanently, how many left temporarily, how many left on a part-time basis. But, you know, one of the things that uh, is more important than ever is flexibility. You, you know, the press right now is calling the the, the mass exodus of, of people leaving their jobs, a great resignation. And I think that uh, what's going to change, and in fact, this podcast inspired me to write an article on this topic. It, 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 it isn't the great resignation, it's a great realignment. And I think that people are really aligning uh, where they want to be and how they want to, where, where they want to work, how they want to work, what they want to do, you know, all that, et cetera, et cetera. With women entrepreneurs specifically, number one, I think it's, you know, uh, double down on, on your values in your company uh, because cause in this alignment, you want to find people who are aligned with you. And in my, my opinion and, more importantly, my experience, uh, direct experience, that you, people want to find homes where they're working. And, you know, we were able to do that where we had folks that, we're aligned with our values at a, at, a, at a reasonable level. And when COVID hit and people asked the, those deeper questions, we realized they weren't as aligned as we hoped uh, and they're not here anymore. And we're at, but we were able to find replacements that very much were aligned at a very deep rooted level with our values. And so I think and it's not necessarily innovation, but I think it's a, a practice that every entrepreneur uh, needs to drill down on and, and women specifically 
uh, understanding that they have that there's a unique um, problem that women face in, in the workforce, and particularly in small businesses, because the you don't have the luxury of extra bodies to help do the work. And and so the innovation I think that has to happen is really focus on outcome oriented results versus time based solutions. So what I'm saying is, you know, invest in your systems and and very clearly. Uh, and there's, you know, it, it, there's lots of these technology solutions out there, such as Salesforce, uh, as, as one example, that was unattainable for small businesses five years ago in terms of cost, that is very affordable today, relatively speaking. Um, and so I think investing in systems to transition your business to be outcome-oriented uh, versus time-oriented is an enormous, and, and it sounds simple, but it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, and, it, and when you like, you know, our whole pay, our whole pay system is based on hours, right? 40 hours a week, you, you make an hourly rate, you work so many hours, you know, all, all that it's hours oriented and not, and not outcome oriented. So it's a massive uh, shift in thinking. Um, and, and, and I think along with this and the great realignment, and, and we definitely are, have evaluated ourselves uh, as, you know, who are you serving as a, you know, in a business? Who, who, who exactly are your customers, and more importantly, who are your best customers, and how do you double down on making them, you know, really making that relationship even stronger? So, um, I know that I'm seeing this with our client base across the board that the technology solutions are out there and they're staggering. And so, you know, from an innovation perspective, is really figure out what is available and strategically what's the best. You know, what, what do we, you know, what do we execute? What do we initiate? What do we adopt? technologically to make us more efficient and make it a better business. Yeah. I mean, and, and you just said a lot. I'm going to uh, re- recap two things that really stick out though. I love the realignment, not resignation. Love that. Um, and I wish we, I mean, that's how we need to be thinking, you know, um, because resignation immediately is negative, right? And realignment right. is no, we, we have opportunity. And secondly, right. double, you know, doubling down, women business owners double down because time is one of those things that they struggle with. And so becoming that outcome oriented, but boy, what a massive shift. We could do a whole podcast on that, right? Uh, for right. sure. So... We just picked up a, a, a we just picked up a really great new employee. It was interesting, you know, and and uh, she was with a, a, a nice company here in town that grew exponentially. And she's like, you know, I just got lost in the shuffle, and I don't I don't identify with this company anymore. And um, she, I mean, literally, she got referred to us, um, and we interviewed her. And two weeks later, she started, you know, and just and we did our, we did our normal interview process, which is extensive, and and just like she she's itching to get here and. Um, uh, I'm excited, you know, so I, I really think it is an, a realignment, not a resignation. Right. And you also are looking at, um, I mean, the employers who are looking at flexibility is first and foremost, because that's what people are looking for, are not having the shortages. You know, some some industries are just having shortages and, and, and it's going to take its time. Yeah. But but flexibility is really huge in that. And you probably were with her. But there there is that it, it, lost in the shuffle business, especially when you aren't connected because you're not going into right. an office and it's big and all of that. So, you know, it's interesting. The flexibility is even more complicated because when you say flexibility, that means different things to different people. And, and I, I, I'm really beginning to see now that, yeah, my team wants flexibility, but my team wants other people on the team that are committed to the cause we're on. And, and so, so with, it, with that in mind, it's not unlimited flexibility. 
And and there's definitely one of the one of the challenges small businesses have uh, is that you know the perception that working for Google and Apple and all these big huge tech companies, there's you know it's vacation every day on Google campus and it's 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 ultimate flexibility. You can come do what you want to do when you want to do it. None of it's true, but that's a perception, right? And and so small businesses specifically get get whack with that. And I think in this alignment that you really really need to uh, you, uh, have your team. Uh, want the same type of flexibility, right? Because it's different. Different people have different dynamics. And um, we had uh, two employees that, you know, uh, were willing, pre-COVID, you know, did what they're, you know, worked hard, did what they're supposed to do. COVID came along and they both really didn't want to work more than 35 hours a week. Uh, but they wanted all the benefits of full time and, sure. um, and uh, you know, but they just didn't want to work that much anymore. And that's not the flexibility that we needed. And so we've really, and we've been, we've certainly continued to add more and more flexibility to our relationship with folks. And when I, when I say work only 35 hours a week, they, they, it was a time, but they're, they're, they weren't concerned about their outcomes either. They, 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 you know, they, they were only going to work so much time and the outcomes didn't matter to them. And, and so, you know, we, and now today we have, we replace those folks with full-time. We also have more permanent part-time people who definitely want flexibility, but they're very outcome oriented. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you're building your team, you got to have like-minded people around that term of flexibility and, and wanting, you know, great results for your customers. Right. The outcome is the bottom line. And and in in many respects. And what I tell my team is your flexibility is right in there, but it cannot cause chaos to the team. That's that's a great way to articulate. You know, and so how do we make that work? How do we make that work? And so we we talk about that through quite a bit because there just needs sometimes to be this flexibility, but the outcome has to be the same. The chaos cannot be there for the client or your peer. So, um, but let's go into um, the question. Everyone asks this question a lot and and we always need it. And I heard you refer to, you know, you started your business in 91, then you went through 9-11, then you went through 08, nine time period. And now we're in a pandemic time period. But what have you learned about being a leader during times of uncertainty in your business or, you know, the world in general and, and, and yeah, want business um, leaders to know what, what, from your perspective? Um, I, I think that it, um, in, hindsight, in hindsight, when I think about the, the leadership and particularly as an entrepreneur, particularly, um, you know, I view the, the shareholder as the, the fiduciary of the business, right? And I think that it's really making sure that the culture is current. And I, I see, I see too many um, uh, people, entrepreneurs who who get sloppy with the culture, let go of it. I mean, admittedly, we we start we struggled a little bit during um, during. Uh, COVID where I, I, I lost sight of the culture for a period of time and it gets hijacked. And I think that, I think that you really have to, um, to, to, to be super as a leader, be super cognizant of that culture during times of duress. And one of the things that uh, I preach to our clients all the time, male, female, it doesn't matter is that, again, if you're a first-generation entrepreneur, you're a unique breed to begin with. You're you're willing to accept uh, variability, 
uh, risk, volatility, uncertainty, unknown, you're okay with it. And in fact, some people embrace it, right? 99% of the people out there do not. And, and so, so, so even though you might be okay with it, um, you have to, from a cultural perspective, really be thoughtful around providing certainty and safety to your, your, your team, your company. And so I, I think during times of difficulty, times of uncertainties, doubling down on your culture to provide that certainty and safety to your employees the best you can. Yes. And, and I think that's where there's a, there's a tremendous amount of people loving being at home and they're in their sweats with a nice shirt on for a Zoom call and they love not having the stress of the morning with kids or the pickup and on and on. But they are missing a culture and an atmosphere by, by being secluded. Now, culture is right. more than just being in your office. But I think that's where you can easily lose sight or we have lost sight in this pandemic. And, and then when you don't own something and are connected and you're not going to be engaged, it's kind of like when you, when you use a rental car, you never wash it because you don't own it. Right. You, you return right. it, right? So culture is kind of that same thing when it's not kind of we own this, this is who we are, I'm engaged with this. And, and I think it's really easy to lose culture right now with the disconnect of not having community. Um, but just my opinion, maybe it's because yeah. I like being in the office too, and that helps <laughs> right. me be with my, you know, my people is what I call it. So, um, right. but, but leading during these times is so important and, and the advisors like you and, and myself getting our clients through this is, is so crucial to, to the, the stability of the country. I just look at it that way. Um, so, but, but I know that you've had a lot of success with that. And I will tell you if, if I worked for Gerber, I would go to work because you have the coolest office I've ever seen. (laughs) I love your office and your view. It's very, very good there, but you had so many takeaways today, so many great questions, but what would you want to leave the audience with? Um, you know, you're, you're so optimistic. You really see 2022 as an, an amazing year, and we're going to have some opportunities. What would you want to leave my audience with today? You know, I, I, I think this is one of these unique times in the world, in America, where, you know, the old adage, make hay when the sun shines, and I think it's time to make some hay. Uh, and and I, I think this is a I think this is a really unique opportunity. I'm not going to say once in a lifetime that could be too aggressive, but um, I, I, I really do believe that this, we, we're living in unusual times, and this is a time you can improve the foundation of your business, really, uh, really engage your customers and clients, uh, improve your product um, if you're a manufacturer or something, and, uh, and really just, just get the best people on your team. Because that, I, mean, I guess the, the number one is work hard, to get the best people on your team because they're out there and they're available and, and people want to associate with greatness. I mean, there's all sorts of proof around this, that the reason why a person goes to work for the company is first and foremost, the mission the company's on, uh, the, the, the mission the company's on align with them. Sec- number two is the quality of the people they work with. They want to work with great people um, and great, empl- great people want to work with great people. And so, um, the third is the respect they get from the company and their manager, and fourth is compensation. And those top three things are in play right now in a way that we just may never see. 
Um, and, and so I think embrace it is the short answer. No, that that's great. And if you're an entrepreneur out there and you're struggling with what he just talked about, I, I would replay that and, and write it down because, because that, that can just make or break how you're going to navigate through all the opportunity that's there. So, uh, but, but, but lastly, I would like to bring this up. Um, you know, you volunteer for the Columbus chapter of entrepreneurs organizations. You want to just do a yeah. plug for them? Yeah. EO, uh, EO is one of the best things that I've ever done personally and professionally. Um, it's, you know, being an entrepreneur is a very lonely thing. It's a lonely place. There's not many out there. Um, EO is a group of, of all entrepreneurs, and uh, Columbus Chapter uh, has somewhere in the 80 to 90 uh, member range, and uh, it's, they're super interesting, exciting people, and uh, I think it's just a great way to really get your arms around where you're going and why you're going and, and uh, with, with really great people around you. Yeah, sounds sounds like a cool organization. Everybody should be involved in something, especially if you're a professional advisor to business owners. You should be in something that connects you to to your community for sure. Randy, we just want to thank you for being here today. Um, you know, you're a busy guy. You took the time to be here and and give us your insight. And to my audience, again, I would check out the book, The Integrated Entrepreneur, Achieving Happiness in Relationships, Business, and Life. Um, learn from somebody who has a lot of success, and that would be Randy. So again, thank you for being here and um, come to my podcast the next time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Inspiring Women has been presented by Brady Wearing Company. As your career advancements continue, your financial opportunities will continue to grow. Be prepared. Visit BradyWear.com to find out more about the accounting services that can assist you to that next level. All this plus more about the podcast can be found in the show notes for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Feel free to share this show or give us a review. Remember, inspiration is powerful. Whose life will you be changing?